This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thanks for being here today. All right, so I am finishing out the summer with my kids, like many of you probably are, and man oh man, I love summer, and man oh man, summer is hard. We've got two weeks left, and this episode, I know a lot of you have gone back to school, um, but this episode I think is totally relevant to feeling a little bit burnout at the end of summer, and you know, you just want both, right? You wanna spend time with your kids and have fun and all the things, and you desperately need and want a break. You want summer to be magical, and at the same time, it's almost impossible to be magical. Um, I actually, this is kind of funny, I put a reel up on social media, my Instagram. It's lindsayhine626, if you don't follow, go check it out. Um, But there's this reel where it's like, the background is someone saying, I have a feeling this is gonna go by really fast, and it's an Ed Sheeran song. (laughs) And I put a video of me like laying across a bench at the pool hiding from my kids saying actual footage of summer not going by really fast and uh, one of my aunts commented on the video and she was like are you okay honey (laughs) I mean it was kind of a joke but it's kind of serious I had had a hard morning and felt like the day was just creeping on by Anyway, today's guest is Pam Lobley, and she's an author of the book called Why Can't We Just Play? What I Did When I Realized My Kids Were Way Too Busy, a memoir of the summer I spent letting my two sons take time off from their scheduled activities and just play. She's also the co-author of the book, You Definitely Know Your Mom When. She's a comedy writer. She's written plays, sketch shows, columns. She's written for the New York Times, the Bergen Record, the Philadelphia Inquirer, the Huffington Post, Today.com, and many more. She's funny, relatable, and we focus a lot on this episode of um, just like letting your kids be kids and not having so much structure. I know I hone on this a lot, but I also talk about how difficult this is at the same time. I'm so for free play, free range, all the things, and at the same time, it's not like easy peasy. It's actually pretty hard, but I think that long term, it will be very rewarding. <laughs> it just can be a little bit chaotic at times. So I understand the structure because it's helpful, um, but I also feel like there's a lot of value and independence that can be taught from non-structure and kids being bored and all the things. So. I hope that you enjoy the episode. I hope it doesn't come off preachy. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just doing my best, and I know you're doing your best too. Uh, Friends, if you are enjoying this podcast, it's a labor of love. We get some sponsors sprinkled in that kind of come over from my other podcast. I'll have another. But if you are loving this podcast every single week and want to support the work that goes into it, I have an awesome editor, Emma. She does an amazing job. Uh, You can support for as little as $1 a month. If you're listening every week and you feel compelled, just go to patreon.com slash lindsayhine for as little as $1 a month. You can support the show and that would be greatly appreciated. One of the supporters of this show is Gooder. If you are looking for awesome sunglasses, you got to check out Gooder. They have really great styles. They don't break easily. They're fashionable. They're functional. And I have to tell you, the pair that I just picked up that I'm obsessed with, I went running with my friend the other day and she had this color on and I was like, those are so pretty. They're called three parts tea. That's what they are. They're awesome. So you all can go to gooder.com slash another. Use the code another and that will get you free shipping off any of your orders with Gooder. So many awesome shades over there. I love the runway shades. I have them in a green and a black. Love them so much. Gooder.com slash another and use the code another for free shipping. All right, friends. That was a long intro. Please enjoy my conversation with Pam. All right, friends. Well, today on Why Is Everyone Yelling? We have Pam Lobley on the show. Welcome to the show, Pam. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. 
I can't believe you're in Wilmington, North Carolina right now. We're, we're practically neighbors. I know it. It's really fun. Listen, uh, North Carolina is a great place for kids. I have to, to say so many great outdoor things to do. It's really nice. Well, we, you know, we moved here two years ago and I like can't even believe we didn't we we've only been here for two years we moved from indiana and no no hate on indiana i love indiana i'm from indiana but um i don't know there's something about the accessibility to the beach the mountains and just really the seasonal outdoorsness like being outdoors in january and not freezing our butts off i mean there are some cold days but like it is really really nice Yes, you have those really long spring and falls that allow yes. for so much outdoors. And I live in New Jersey, and man, those winters are so long. I mean, it's cold through April. Yeah. So, and kids are fine, you know, kids, they don't right. ever want to wear a coat anyway. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but yeah, it gives you it gives you so many. And like you say, with North Carolina, you have lakes and beaches and mountains and pathways to bike on, and it's just everything. Well, I love, though, that you brought up the winters and, like, kids are fine, though, because I saw you on um, Jenny's 1,000 Outside, yes. um, 1000 Hours Outside podcast, and um, she was early on one of my first interviews on this show, and what I loved about Jenny and love about Jenny is when I found her, we were in the depths of COVID in Indiana in the winter, and I was like, okay, I can... I can get on board with this woman because she's preaching from Michigan. <laughs> like she's not preaching 1000 hours outside from like Florida, California or something like that. Um, so yeah, I just loved that. And really like she really motivated me uh, during that time to make it a big priority to get outside for at least an hour every day, even if it was like five degrees out. You know, what's interesting um, before I had kids, I lived in New York City. In New York City, you're outside all the time because mm -hmm. you, you have to walk everywhere. Mm -hmm. Then we had kids. And when you have kids, you're motivated to get outside all the time because they need the exercise, especially I had boys. And when they like started going to high school and then went off to college, I realized I got to get myself outside. Yeah. Because the motivating, they were the motivating reason. And when that went away, and luckily we had a dog and I just started I giving the dog. dog like longer walks or, you know, playing tennis more or just doing anything because otherwise as adults, boy, we stay inside way too much. Oh, it's crazy. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our dog passed away in December, but like oh. thinking about getting another one, we're like, we're going to give it some time still, like just yeah. the, the expense, the to-do, like, you know, every time you leave, you have to schedule something to do with the dog. Um, but honestly, one of my mo most motivating factors to getting one is like, I think my oldest would like get up and walk the dog every morning. And to me, he gets plenty of movement. Like he's a very active kid, but just like starting your day being outside yeah. is such a mood lift and it's such a game changer. And I'm going to tell you, it's any weather. Yeah. The dog has to, has go, to go out. out. <laughs> it does not matter if there's ice all over the road, if it's pouring rain, if it's burning hot, freezing cold. And, and then there's that, it's like anything else. There's that moment where it's like, ugh, I really wish I didn't have to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and then you do it. And most of the time, I mean, I've had some miserable morning dog walks, but most of the time you get past it and it's like, this is fine. You know, we did our six blocks and it was cold or it was hot, but we saw some cool birds or, you know, the sun looked neat or I, the moon was still up or whatever it is that, that it makes it a great way to start your day. Totally. Yeah. So we're going to do it. We actually house sat, not house sat, dog sat two of our neighbor's dogs a few months ago. And it was like, as soon as he got up, he was like so excited to yeah. go walk those dogs. And I'm like, oh, this might wear off a little bit. But <laughs> <laughs> um, OK, so I just wrote a post this morning about like how summer is really hard yeah. and, you know, I think there's like there's like two camps on Instagram. There's the camp. It's like, oh, you only have. 900 hours <laughs> left, blah, blah, blah. And then the camp, it's like, shut up. This is terrible. And I like try to be somewhere in the middle where I'm like, yeah. I love summer. I love the freedom of summer of just like not having to worry about having a schedule with school. But yeah. at the same time, like it is really hard for me right now. It's like the fighting. My kids fight a lot. Yeah. We were sitting at a neighbor's the other day. Everybody went over to watch Wimbledon and nobody's kids were fighting but ours. 
And my husband looked at me and he's like, (laughs) (laughs) Lindsay, like we have four boys that are two, all two years apart. Wow. The odds that some of them might be fighting when you have like neighbors you're hanging out with that are, that have two kids that are like five years apart. The odds are pretty good that your kids are going to be the ones fighting. So I try really hard to give myself some grace with that. It is challenging, though, because I do feel like we're always the ones causing a scene. That is very relatable to me. I, I have two boys. They're grown now. But um, the, the bickering and the physical interaction, the, the constant wrestling. Yeah. I, I mean, there's been times I'm like, you're going to break something, either a lamp or each other's arms, or it's just it's how they relate. I have um, one time when they were younger, more like your kids age were, they were just like rolling all over the floor, sort of laughing, but sort of fighting. Like, you know, that weird middle ground where when's this going to get bad? Yeah, It's going to turn any minute. And I was just like so exhausted. I couldn't think of anything to say. And I had a friend over who didn't have kids and she kind of laughed indulgently. And she goes, they're like little tiger cubs. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know, that's such a good analogy because we don't think tiger cubs are bad. We're like, okay, this is how tiger cubs grow up. They they play fight. They play fight and that's how they develop their things. So why should it be so different for, for boys? I mean, obviously we don't want anybody getting seriously hurt, but it seems like it's kind of inborn and some things that's, that's how they play and work it out. I don't know. I... I, I think you should definitely give yourself grace. <laughs> we had, um, I let my boys have a sleepover the other day with three neighbor boys and um, one of the kids, he has two sisters. He's, so he's I'm just going to set the idea. So your four boys went over to sleepover with three boys. No, the three boys came to our house. Oh, okay. So you had, had seven. seven boys sleeping yeah. over. All right. Yeah. yeah. Just, uh, just go polish your halo right now is all <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> I know. And the three boys that spent the night were all 10. And nice. Um, but in the morning when we were making breakfast and getting ready, they were getting ready to go play outside and whatever. Um, one of them, the one that has two sisters was like, do things get broken here ever? (laughs) And I was like, all the time, yeah, every day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think the thing too, is as they get older, the physical play gets more aggressive as far mm-hmm. as like their bodies are bigger, right? Yeah. Because I did post something about this physical play the other day, and I had a couple moms of of little girls say like, "We have two boys, two girls, and it's just the same." And mm-hmm. to that, I will say, "Yeah, I'm, there are probably lots of girls that are physical." However, when you have these boys that are like 11 years old and their testosterone is really building up, and they're just right. getting like physical and really muscular, like those little like like romps where they're like rolling around and stuff like they get like big like it yeah. gets it can be even scary sometimes so um as they get bigger it's a little bit different and they're just they're just taking up more space so yeah. it feels really really like overwhelming you know it's funny we're still in the house that we raised our kids in and it's not a huge house it's a perfectly fine house it's a three bedroom house but it never felt small to me growing up mm. i loved having them close we finished the basement it was just great but when they come home now, I'm like, oh, my God, this house. Because my oldest <laughs> one is 6'4". Yeah, and yeah. then my, my other one is 5'11", basically 6 feet. And they take up so much room. And it, I'm like, oh, my God, this house, how did this house get so small? It's just funny. <laughs> I always think <laughs> they get about big. that. I know. I think about that when they're all teenagers. I'm like, they're all going to be like my size or bigger, like walking around these like tiny hallways. What am I going to do? <laughs> With giant feet and shoes that look like yachts. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, so this is, this is great timing, this podcast, because, um, your book is called, why can't we just play? And I had mentioned, I just wrote a post about how summer's so hard and I'm caught in between this. Like I don't over camp my kids for several reasons. One being it's outrageously expensive Mm -hmm. and with four kids like that price, it's absurd. I mean, it is just insane. Um, I want to give them no structure because we have so much structure during the school year. You go to school every day. And um, I want my kids to learn how to be bored and be independent. Now, I realize some people, especially if their kids are really younger, they have to camp all summer because they are they have jobs where they're 8 to 5 and um, they need child care. Like, your kids can't just, like, free, free for all. Right. My oldest is 11. Then I've got 8. Then I've got 
six and I've got five. So they really don't have to be watched 24 Mm seven. However, it can get really messy and fights and all these things. So it's tough. It's really tough because I'm trying to still work and be present and you know what I mean? And you have this pressure, you know, that like you said, oh, you only have 18 summers or all this idea that, you know, you really want to make it magical. And you're an outdoorsy person and you love summer. So you have your own reasons for wanting yep. it to be really wonderful. I mean, summer, uh, summer is my favorite season. I love almost everything about it. <laughs> and um, so, so I know what you're saying. There's those two camps. And honestly, I just feel like that's normal. Those two yeah. things coexist all the time. And I, I think our society right now is so like, we love to put things in boxes and, yes. and categorize them. And we, it's like, we can't hold two conflicting ideas in our mind at the same time, or, or even more complicated, live actually two different dynamics at the same time, which is so ridiculous. Cause that's basically the essence of being human <laughs> is, is kind of walking the road of all these different things, particularly being a mother. So I think it's really true that you only have a certain number of summers. That's just the basic math of life. You only get a certain number of years on the planet and there's only a certain number of time, you know, times that your kids are under your roof. But it's also true that they are, it's hard. You have your own things that you want and need to do and they get in the way. You know, if you want to go for a run or have a clean kitchen for like one hour or read a book or whatever, they're going to be a distraction and you you're torn between wanting to do your own thing, but then wanting to spend time with them and it creates a lot of stress. And so I, I don't, I personally feel like when I wrote my book, uh, it, it takes place over one summer where I let my kids do nothing. And I tried to be brutally honest about how hard it was. Uh. It's, it's not like a gloss of, and then we made a pie together and we decorated <laughs> it so beautifully. I mean, especially if you have boys, but I think I mean, it's, it's nothing like that. Yeah. It, it, just like you say, it's messy and so noisy. And, you know, and so there were days when definitely I just thought, like, <laughs> there's one story in the book where I just couldn't wait to go out, like when my husband would get home and I, I, I needed to like return something at the mall and buy a birthday gift for something. But, you know, that was like a trip to Paris as far as I was concerned, you know, how much I was looking forward to it. My husband didn't really get it. And he was home. He came home late. He like work ran late and then he stopped off and did something else. By the time he got home, I was literally standing by the door with my purse on my shoulder, like steam coming out of my ears. Like If I don't get out of this house right now, things are going to get so bad for somebody. And then I left and it was late and I could hardly, like the mall closed and I just had to come home. And it was so, I, I just didn't even know what to do with all those feelings of like mm-hmm. just being so desperate for some time for myself. And so I came home and he was like putting the kids to bed and I got online and shopped for bathing suits at Land's End. I mean, party on, Pam. And so I was just sitting there doing that and just trying to decompress. And my youngest one, Jack, snuck up behind me. And I was, you know, I'm like, I'm desperate for alone time. So he yes, comes yes. behind me and he's like, Mom. And I'm thinking, like, how come you're not up with Dad? He's on duty tucking you in. Like, what's going on? And he's like, I really miss you. And I was like, what? <laughs> And he, I said, but you're with dad and you're, you're reading stories. I can hear you guys laughing. And he goes, but I'm lonely for you. Mm. Now, talk about all the feelings, right? right? Because uh, like, what's better than your beautiful little son telling you that he misses you above all else? Yep. But then also you're in that moment where, God, you need a life raft of something to get your own. So, you know, I think we just have to understand that that's the ride right there. You know, that's that's what it's going to be. And it's okay to feel uh, stressed or inadequate. Just like you said, you just have to give yourself grace. This is kind of like this is the view from this stretch of the road. That's what it's going to be like. Yes, I can just picture myself sitting there scrolling for bathing suits on Land's End and thinking, why are you in this space right now? But then you're like, of course I'll cuddle you. Yes. And that's exactly what happened. He climbed into my lap and we had this huge hug. And I realized, you know, 
as hard as this is, like what a gift this is, like that, you know, just this hug and this moment when what he really wanted was me and, and here I was. You know what? You know? How how much of this, though, like I always wonder when they do that to me, I'm like, how much are you manipulating me and how much do you really actually want me? You know what I mean? And I think 50-50. Right? I think all the like gentle parenting people would be like, oh, they just need you. And I'm like, well, there's some manipulation going on sometimes, too. And I also wonder, gentle parenting. Okay, I, I agree with that. I'm fine with that. But not everything works all the time. And also, how many of those people have a lot of boys? That's my thing. <laughs> I have talked to some wonderful gentle parents. And um, I need one that has four boys. Because, like, Ralphie Jacobs, for instance, she's amazing. And I have taken so much advice from her that has worked but she also has four girls. And I'm not saying parenting boys is harder than parenting girls. Don't get me wrong. But there are certain ways of communication that just work differently. And, yeah, um, yeah I'm like, I just don't know because you don't have my lived experience. Yeah. You know? And also, the, the uh, something that I learned from this summer and just going forward was that you have to make your own decisions. Like yeah. every family is so unique. Even if you met somebody that had four boys, they're four different boys yeah. with a different husband in a different town. Yep. They have different talents. And so it's so important for you to just, for all of us to shut out the noise and decide what is right for our, like your family is your creation. Like you and your husband decide what, how will our dinners be like? What will our summers be like? What will our vacations be like? And that is your unique creation. And you can take advice from people, but ultimately it's up to you to do what works for you. Hey friends. All right. We've got a new sponsor today that I am pumped to tell you about. It is Two Before. Two Before is a natural sports performance superfood made from New Zealand blackcurrant berries. What do blackcurrant berries do? Well, they contain unique levels of antioxidants called anthocyanins, which have been proven to boost athletic performance by increasing blood flow, making it more efficient for the body to pump oxygenated, nutrient-rich blood to the muscles. It also kickstarts your recovery, helps with muscle soreness, and manages inflammation, and it strengthens your immunity. Immune-boosting antioxidants and natural-occurring vitamin C are in these black currant berries. I gotta tell you, it also tastes refreshing and delicious. So you can drink it daily, 30 to 45 minutes before you work out. You'll feel that effect of it around 60 minutes from taking it. You just mix it up with around four to eight ounces of water or electrolyte drink, whatever you're drinking. I just mix mine with water and there you have it. All right, so I am really excited for you to check it out and excited to hear how it works for you. You can save 30% off 20 packs plus free shipping when you use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y at checkout. Just go to two, the number two, before.com and use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, and that'll get you 30% off 20 packs plus free shipping. All right, friends, back to the show. Well, yeah. And you know, I was just thinking about this on my run yesterday. It, this has stuck with me so much because it, it hurt my feelings. Oh. Uh, but one time we were uh, visiting my parents in, in Sanibel, Florida, and my dad gets back from the st uh, hardware store and he was like, I saw this family there and they had a bunch of boys and they all just kind of marched in quietly and they weren't running around. And he goes, I just wonder, like, what are they doing right? Oh, no. And I'm like, OK, Dad. Oh, OK. Lindsay. And I think he meant it to be like, maybe maybe there's something that you could find that could be helpful because my kids are always running around crazy. But what you just said right there is like they might have a really calm mother. Like her predisposition might be one of calmness. And though I try to be a calm person, that is not who I am like, who I was like created to be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, it's like the formula is so different. Yes. And also, you don't know anything about that family. So let's imagine, let's, I'm going to hypothesize that it was like 11 o'clock in the morning. Okay. So what, let's, let's picture that other family. Maybe breakfast was the breakfast from hell. 
and dishes got broken and kids cried and people fought. And then the mom had a massive meltdown in which she said, we're going to the hardware store. And if just one of you yeah. talks back and, you know, and after the hardware store, we'll get ice cream. But if just one of you steps out of line, the ice cream is off. And they marched in and did their job. Right. But all your dad saw yeah. was the perfect picture. So for a long time ago, not a long time ago, several years ago, I worked as a, a like a aide on the playground at recess in the grade school. And kids would run up to me and they would say, well, you know, Rosie just hit me or she. And I would say the first thing we all would say is what happened before that? Yeah. Like because because Rosie didn't just come up and kick you in the shins for no reason. Yeah. So there was a lead up, you know. So this is the thing. Like, we don't know what happened before that. We're just assuming they're the perfect family and I'm not. Well, yeah. And I, one of my kids is having some issues with one of his friends right now being mean, saying mean things. And I, you know, I don't know the whole picture because I don't know the other kid's story, side of the story. But what I keep telling my son is like, okay, they are a very nice family and we have no idea what his motives are, like what he's going through emotionally that's making him want to say those things or do these things. There's probably something underneath that is like really bothering him and that's why he's doing this. And so I'm trying really hard to have my son see the big picture. Like he's not just a mean kid. Like there's something else going on here, you know? Yes. And it's not to say he should be talking to you that way, but like what is he trying to prove or like who has hurt his feelings, all these things. Totally. And there's that old saying, hurt people hurt people. Yeah, it's true. So it's, I think that's even true with little kids. They're just probably trying to work something out. And agreed, it doesn't make it okay that he's saying mean things. But understanding that it's probably coming from some phase or some tough place maybe puts it in a little perspective. That's a good life skill. Yeah, yeah. To understand um, that. Well, and when you talked about the family at the hardware store my dad... It's like, not often, but there have been times where like I've left a restaurant or somewhere and I'm like, wow, we really looked good out there. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. Those people probably thought I really had my act together. Or, or like one time yep. I took the kids to Wrightsville Beach actually um, in like February and I just went by myself because my husband was busy with work and I was like, we got to get out of here. And I was like super proactive with like playing with them on the beach and it was just, it, it was a really good time, and it looked really good. And I had this older lady say, you are such a good mom. Oh. And while I really needed to hear that, like, it was, like, really validating, I was also like, oh, lady, you haven't seen it all. <laughs> you know? Right. But maybe you're a good mom on those bad days, too. Yeah. Like, it's not realistic to think that there's not going to be those terrible days. We're human beings. So, uh, and you know, think back to your own childhood. So I'm one of three, two girls and a boy. We got in plenty of trouble, yeah. you know, whatever we did, breaking things and running around and all that stuff. And, um, so, so you're a good mom on the days that they're acting up too, you know? Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> so why can't we just play? Okay. So I want to go through that summer a little bit and okay. Did you keep repeating? Like, how old were your boys when you did this? Snow camps, all that. And did you keep repeating that? Did you, like, shift around a little bit in the summers after? So my boys were the same age as your oldest. They were okay. 11 and 8. Okay. They were actually 10 and 7 at the very beginning, but they turned, you know, 11 and 8, basically. And that's um, an age where you can do it because they don't yes. need constant supervision. Yes, and they also still play. Yes. You know, when they're 15, they don't go out in the backyard with a sword and a cape and make stuff up. That's right. So, um, so yeah, so it was, it was a good sweet spot. Uh, and we had a, we have a, a town pool. So it's not like a fancy club. It's just the town pool, but it's really nice. And everybody goes, at least in those days, everybody went. So it was a great place to go every afternoon where there was no structure Yep. And you could just show up and not only would they swim, but they could play stickball on the grass or they have ping pong and, you know, all that kind of, it's like, you know, it's a total old school type of place. Yeah. Um, so, so that summer was, was great from a standpoint of 
like, oh God, the pressure to not have the, the relief of the pressure from not having a structure and just like letting them stay in their pajamas and play Legos till like 11 o'clock every morning. And I would have the TV on. They're older. So this was a longer time ago. So they didn't have iPads. They didn't have smartphones. We, we had the TV with Cartoon Network and SpongeBob, but we didn't have individual devices. Oh man. Like, yeah, I wish we didn't. I wish, I wish you didn't. didn't too. I wish you didn't too. Uh, It's terrible. And it's, it's terrible for adults. I mean, I'm sure we all fight going on Instagram too much or Google. My husband gets so annoyed when you'll say that guy in the movie, he, he was in uh, so-and-so whatever. And instead of everybody talking and working it out, who was the star of that one movie? People just whip out their phone and answer it. And that, fun back and forth of, no, 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 that was Kevin Bacon. That wasn't Kevin Bacon. That was Ethan Hawke. And, you know, back and forth. That doesn't happen anymore because you just get the answer in one second. One but anyway, I digress. I get at my husband all the time for that. I'm like, you don't have to yeah. look it up. It's fine. We don't need to know the answer. Yeah. Or we can just let it occur to us to 10 minutes from now because you know how that'll sometimes happen. Like later, you'll think, oh, I know who it was. Yeah. But anyway, so the, the summer was great. They um, they were bored a lot. They bickered a lot. Um the the things that it was really hard for me but it was also rewarding for me like there were so many pockets which I'm sure you're experiencing even amidst your frustration of just like having a board game on a rainy afternoon that that was kind of fun like even after that if they fought that one hour of a board game was fun and we got the giggles or um just the feeling of they're in the middle of building this really weird tower with blocks and I don't have to cut that short to get out the door. Yeah. Like that activity could go on till its natural end, mm-hmm. which could be in five minutes or could be in an hour and a half. You hope it's the hour and a half. You hope it's the hour and a half. So, so all that part was really great. I think I got more bored than they did. Cause I would say, well, let's go see that IMAX nature movie. Or do you guys want to go, uh, into the city and visit a museum, and they never did. They would say, do we have to? Can we just play? Yeah. They never got tired of that free structure. As far as the, the summers after, you know, I, I definitely tried to keep their summers and their lives as pressure-free as possible. Um, my older one was always really social. So, you know, as you get older, you got to do things if you're going to see friends. It's not yeah. just like you can have people over to hang out. So and then so once he got into like middle school and high school, you know, he was busy. And, and then when they get to be teens, they have jobs and all different things. But um, my younger one was less. He was more picky about friends and happier with. So his summers probably stayed more unstructured for longer. So again, it's kind of an individual thing too, even within your family. Totally. Kids, kids' needs are different. Oh, it's so true. Yeah. So, um, but I think the, the, so yes, and even during the school year, the, just the, like, here's another thing. The avoidance of pressure, like when they get in middle school and high school, things start to happen. Like, well, should he be in honors math? Well, should he take this? Well, should, and then again, it's so hard to resist that. Oh, well, all his friends are taking this class. And is that appropriate for my kid or not? Should I just let him be in regular math? Is he going to be that? What, what, how much do I need to pile on him? What, like they had, a, um, I'm sure they have it at your grade school too. They had a, a thing called the gifted and talented program. Mm-hmm. And they'd pick two or three kids from every grade and they would get to be pulled out to do this and that. And um, my kids were never picked for it. And, and you know what? They have grown up to be fantastic human beings. So, you know, there's hope out there. But one year, my one son did get sort of nominated. Like my, his teacher was like, you know, I was thinking of recommending him. See what you think. So I asked Jack, I said, would you want to do this? And he's like, well, what would be involved? And I kind of explained it. And he just looked at me and he goes, so there might be extra homework. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, probably. And he's like, nope. (laughs) <laughs> and I just said to the guy, yeah, I don't recommend him. He doesn't want to do it. Yeah. So, so being able to be confident enough to say he doesn't have to do that and he's still going to grow up, go to college, be a fabulous functioning human being. Like we don't have to put all this pressure on them. So I, I guess it's just a long way of saying like that summer taught me that. Like you can make your own decisions and it's, and it's better than just following like what you feel you should be doing. Well, yeah, and it's the whole concept of, like, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Amen. 
you know, like my oldest is a pretty decent soccer player and he plays like one step above like the recreation level, but it's still yeah. pretty chill. He could totally go up to that next level. Mm-hmm. But like, we don't need to do that. It's like triple the price. Oh, God. Um, it's more commitment time wise at a location that's further away from where we live than where he practices now. And it's hard though, because when you see a glimmer of talent in a kid, you're like, I want to give them every opportunity possible. But then at the same time, like at what cost to your family? Yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating because a lot of the sports and stuff, it's like anymore. It's like, if you're going to go to college on a scholarship or whatever, it's like, you got to be in these big time clubs that cost yeah. a million dollars and and take a ton of time, ton of time from everything else. And I'm like, can't we get back to just recruiting kids out of high school? Come on. I know. I know. Well, and he's still young, too. You know, like maybe in like later middle school, if he really wanted to go harder on that, there'd still be time. But I agree. It's too much pressure too soon. And, you know, and the, the whole college sports thing, this is a, you could do five podcasts on this with, with better with better experts than me. But I went to um, the, our town had a whole like meeting about anxiety in teams like at the library. And I went to it and um, the, the speaker there had been a college therapist mm-hmm. kind of uh, with, you know, for many years. Anyway, the takeaway from it was this. College sports are really stressful. And a lot of kids that went to college uh, loving soccer or whatever their sport was, and there was a lot of uh, girls involved in this situation too. It wasn't just boys. They they got there and they're like, it's not fun in college. It's Mm -hmm. too much pressure. I I feel like I can't handle it all. And maybe, you know, so that's not a guarantee either. Like there's no guarantee. So you kind of have to you know, make your decisions on the fly as as to, you know, what you can afford and what makes sense for your kid. And if he's gets a little older and really wants to, then, then that's different. You know what I mean? If he's desperate to really play all those hours, then that's one thing. But like, like you say, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. I also just don't like it because of the expense of it. Like I get it. It's a money-making business, but like, okay, well, there's a certain, demographic of kids who are the only ones that are able to do this unless a lower income population kid like his parents actually seek out like the scholarships and all the paperwork to like try to apply to get them in it's like it's just like the certain subset of kids and I don't like that I I agree I agree I think that it's you know it's um I, I I know what you're saying I just don't like the whole dynamic of that um, I, one podcast I was listening to said that youth sports are a billion dollar industry that is, it's actually a bigger industry than the NFL Wow! in terms of dollars generated every year. You think about how many kids in every uh-huh. town. And, and then also how you're just pressured. Like, yeah. like you just kind of said, if you're going to, if you want to really play well, that's what you have to do. And then the idea of like, and fork over all that money. What about my other kids? What about our refrigerator that needs to be replaced? What about we want to go on vacation? It just is so, like, what's the value system there? Well, your vacation turns into the tournaments. Yes, and that's the other thing. Um, Well, I mean, and forget college. Like, a lot of people do it just so their kids can play on the high school team. Yes, and also... Uh, most of the people that I know that, that played, like we were not a sportsy family at all, but we had a lot of friends that were in that. Most of those kids didn't, didn't get a sports scholarship. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you're, if that's your, really your end game, good luck. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Put all your eggs in that basket. You're, you're, yeah. you're better off, you know, getting, getting grades and getting the, the academic merit scholarship. You have a way better chance of that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, friends, I want to let you know if you are training for a half marathon or a marathon, I have training plans on my website at lindsayhine.com. The half marathon plans are 14 weeks. There's a beginner beginner. There's a beginner as you can get. There's a beginner intermediate. There's an intermediate and there's advanced. So there's four options. And then we have marathon training plans that are 18 weeks that give you a nice base build. And I have three options there, a beginner, intermediate, and advanced. When you go to the website and click on each training plan, it'll tell you what the mileage starts at, what the long run starts starts at, what the 
entirety of the week total mileage is at and how it builds you. I'm super conservative with how I build miles. And I've had a lot of people who have had tons of success with this plan. Actually, my friend Bridget here on Instagram just messaged me yesterday and says, oh my gosh, I purchased the half marathon advanced training plan for my June half marathon, but ran another one yesterday and snagged a massive PR. I'm a big believer down from 146 to 139 mar half marathon. All right. You heard it from Bridget. Go to lindsayhine.com to learn more and grab yourself an awesome training plan. All right. Back to the show. Um, so what is your encouragement to families who kind of want to move into the direction of, I, and I'll say this two asterisks. One, as their kids get a little bit older, because like we said earlier, like toddler baby years, like you just straight up need childcare if you're working. Yeah. Um, but also like as they get older, if you're working full time, you can't constantly have like the kids running around. Like you no. have to get separation. But there is a way to nurture your kid to become independent so they don't constantly need you and you could be they could be home all day you know taking care of whatever like I just walked downstairs and my six-year-old is like making himself a peanut butter sandwich and oh. I'm like pat myself on the back I'm so glad that you're just like making your own sandwich right now and Absolutely. that doesn't always happen I feed my kids don't worry I, I believe you <laughs> well you know what you also have peanut butter and jelly in the house on a shelf he can reach yeah so there you go <laughs> and guess what like there's gonna be peanut butter on the counter and yeah. that's kind of annoying but like whatever Still good. It's still good. <laughs> I rambled my question, but my question is, how would you encourage people who want to kind of move in that direction? Well, it's definitely, it's so individual, especially now with so many um, women working from home and dads working from home. So I feel like it's, it's more possible than ever to sort of come up with creative solutions. Like maybe you hire a like one, a couple of summers, I just got a mother's helper because I was writing yeah. at home and that was perfect. Um, and go play in the backyard with Yeah. Them. And there yeah. was somebody supervising, but, but it wasn't like a full adult. Like she, she would still kind of, or he would still kind of play with them. Uh, so, so that was kind of a good thing. And maybe you can stagger your hours, you know, all those different things. Um, but you, if you do pick camps or things like that, try to pick the ones that are the least amount of structure and pressure and expense. You know, you can try to pick cheaper ones. Those are probably the ones that do less anyway, because it's less. Um, but I remember I, uh, our kids were into scouting and Boy Scout camp was pretty affordable. So they would go every uh, one or two weeks a year. And that was great because they were outside 24 seven. You sleep outside, you, you know, um, so there's, you, you just have to be creative and looking for it. But I, the other thing I would say is like, this is like my across the board parenting advice, just lower your expectations. Uh, you yes. know, the, the idea that your summer is going to be quote unquote magical. Well, what does that mean? You know what? A six year old making their own peanut butter and jelly and then, and then, uh, playing with his brothers. What, what's not magical about that? I think that's mm. great. And so all these like simple moments that you just hang out, who cares if your house is messy? Easy for me to say, I'm not a neat freak, so I don't care. Um, but if you, I think if you, if you want to look like you're on Instagram, yeah, you're going to fall short. Those things yeah. are just lies and we all know it. So um, everybody's kitchen that looks good. I would love to just, just show me the wide shot. Just pull yeah. your phone back and show me where you shoved all the junk out of view so you could take the picture of your countertop, you know. So um, I, I think if you can just have realistic expectations about what would be magical for you, then I think you could create really satisfying summer. And I will say, like, I like things to be clean and orderly. And so I think you can do it. And I think you can have both. You have to you have to let go a little bit of that, like, obsession with cleanliness. Yeah. Um, like for me, for instance, if I can get my kitchen clean, if a lot of the other rooms in the house are kind of falling apart, that's okay. If I can have my one space where I'm like, okay, this is my bedroom and my kitchen. Then if everything else has gone to shit, I can like rest easy, you know? And that's realistic. Yeah. Which is yeah. that you can achieve that. And then when you achieve that, it's like, okay, that was a good day. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing, too, like I was saying on that post today, like 
well, two things. If we can delay devices or, like, get off them a little bit more, like, kids will be creative later into their childhood, right? Like, my 11-year-old just gave me a tour of this fort that he made, and if he only was on, like, playing video games when he's home, he would just not have that creative process in his brain. I love and that. And I, I noticed, like, a lot oh. of his friends don't want to play like that no, anymore. That's sad. Like they don't, they don't want to play like that anymore. And it does make me really sad. Um, now the caveat to that though is, well, there's like forts all over my house right now. <laughs> like so they're just, it, you, and we're not doing screens today. So like, I'm like, well, I can't be like, don't make a mess with your forts, you know, no, like, uh, that's you're your, doing what I want you to do. Yeah. That's your trade off. You know, you have forts all over the place and uh, Yeah. So, but, but maybe it would help you to realize that was your choice. You know, you, that, that was an active choice that you made and, and you're actually successful. You said no screens. They had fun anyway, in a really creative way. Nobody's bleeding. They're having fun. Somebody might be bleeding. True. (laughs) It's only, it's the morning, but so far nobody's bleeding. And, uh, and so, so that counts as success. And I want to also say there have been days, friends, where like the screens have taken over. Don't get me wrong when I say this. I'm just this today is this one example. But I also will say the other day I was like, get up and play video games. I don't care. But it was a matter of like an hour before people started fighting and just, I was yeah, just like, Yeah, the, the couple things about screens, I agree 100%. The summer that I wrote the book about, they watch TV every morning. In fact, I had to make a rule that they were not allowed to turn the TV on before 7 a.m. Because they yeah. would literally get, get up, up early. Yeah, yep. so, so they could be awake and they could yep. play, but they could not turn the television on. So that would go on at like 7 and it would stay on till 11. We oh, would yeah. eat breakfast with it on because it was the only way I could get any work done. And I would try, I did make rules about certain shows that cartoons that I thought were too rough or two channels that they were not allowed to watch. Um, and they were, you know, we, we reached all that. But w- within that, they played. And then we would have screens off all afternoon. But what happens if it rains? What happens right. if it rains three days in a row? You have to be realistic. You're, you're yep. going to let them play video games, but you're, but now back to your other point, which is they're going to fight anyway. They're going to so, fight anyway. So then what I are think, you buying yourself? <laughs> I think the only way you avoid that is if everybody has their own individual yeah. device and we don't have that and mm-hmm. I'm not willing to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, they probably would be quiet for five hours straight if they each had that. And I'm just, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Um, Good for you. Yeah, I'm just, it's just, I know. And so the other thing about TV, I will say too, is I'm much, I don't really care about it as much because usually, especially my little ones, they'll like play and watch TV at the same time. It's different than like a YouTube loop where it's like, but when it's like a show or a movie, they're like kind of doing multiple things at once. This was exactly my experience. We would have uh, all these shows, you know, Blue's Clues and SpongeBob and I can't remember, Corey in the House and all these old shows, Barnyard. And they would they would never just sit still and watch them. They would no. have uh, Legos and blocks or all different things to, that they played on the floor while the TV was on. So it was like quiet, imaginative play. But then the TV was on. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes when I talk about this stuff, I feel like I get on my high horse about it. But I just want to say, like, this isn't easy. Like, this is not easy. This is hard. This isn't like, oh, this beautiful thing where Lindsay's kids are just, like, building forts and doing this. It's like, no, 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 no. It is, like, wild and crazy. And sometimes I second guess myself and question myself and think, oh, my gosh, you know, but. Um, well, I think it's worth it. It's totally worth it. And also it is really hard. And it's a it's a really big sacrifice by by parents, particularly moms. I had a saying uh, because it seems like if something comes up, like I'm going to just hypothesize a situation in your life. Maybe they're all for playing, but one kid is just having a bad day. He's just upset. He's left out. Who knows what? A, a solution is you take that kid aside and play with him on his own. Or you yeah. engage him to say, like, help me do this or something that will make him feel good, remove him from the situation, whatever. But in order for you to do that now, you're not cleaning up the kitchen 
or you're not editing your podcast, or you're not answering your emails. So now your day just became more pressured, but, you, but you're going to do it anyway because it's kind of the only solution at the time. And so I used, to, I used to joke and say, there's no problem that cannot be solved by me making a personal sacrifice. So whatever is going on, if I just say, all right, let me just take a back seat right now to whatever I was doing and do that instead, that problem will be solved. Now I'm left with my frustration, but that problem got solved. And so that is a really hard thing to, to say yes to, to be like, yep, I guess that's how it's going to be. And, and to accept that without too much frustration. Um, and maybe to even say like, okay, that was, I did a good job. That was hard, but I, I did the thing that needed to be done. And shouldn't I feel proud of that? I could feel proud yes, of that. You should. Yes. That's just it. And that's why motherhood is so tiring, <laughs> it's so but tiring. it's so true. It's so true. And I, I find myself sometimes saying like, oh, I just need this 45 minutes to prep for this interview or whatever. And I'm like, my kids don't care that I need that 45 no. minutes. No. You know, like I need to try to help them understand that these things are important. But you're so right about that self-sacrifice. And I've, I've been thinking about that a lot lately and trying to do it. And, and, and giving myself a pat on the back when I do. Yes, because you know what? I feel like our society doesn't pat moms on the back for that. I feel like we're rewarded for having everything all in a line. And like, like those kids in the hardware store, we're rewarded when it goes well and when we are fulfilled. Well, I still have my fabulous career and my wonderful figure and I'm completely calm all the time and, uh, you know, all these things. And, and if for some reason you sacrifice some of that for your kids, you're kind of looked at as like a wimp or a doormat. Like, well, you obviously haven't taken self-actualization 101 and boned yes. up on how to be Mrs. Perfect. If you're, yes. if you're just letting your kids, uh, yeah. you know, walk all over you. And that it's just, that's so reductive. It's not anywhere near the complicated truth of the matter of how much kids need you. And, uh, you know, I'll give you a little encouragement here. It totally gets easier as they get older. They, they don't need you as much like the way that you're talking about in the teens. They need you in other ways, and that's a, a stressful time also. But they, you know, it does get, it does get easier. So um, just accepting that it's really hard at this stage and being able to say, like, I'm sure you have mom friends you can complain to. Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, those are a lifeline. <laughs> lifeline. Well, and especially as they get older, because I was just talking about this, too. When your kids are super little, you can air it all out because it is completely normal for a three-year-old to have a temper tantrum or this to spill things and make messes and do all these things. But when they get bigger and have those big kid problems, you don't talk you about it. You don't talk about this it. You can't a, spill it. It's not appropriate. This is a huge issue and something that I have been thinking about for my next book because it gets really lonely lonely as a, for as a mom reasons. for a different reason it gets really lonely because if your kid is having and let me tell you the issues are everything in every town so there's no there's no corner of the united states where there's no anxiety or no vaping or no drug use or no you know all this other pressures that come in um there you know so so kids and even families that you're close with you don't know what that kid might start going through and suddenly you don't want to talk about it. That mom doesn't want to bring it up or you don't want to share your thing or you, you might feel comfortable sharing it, but then you're protecting your kid's privacy. You know that they wouldn't want somebody to know. Right. And then, be so embarrassed. And then how do you find the solution? Because I always felt like my best solutions came from other moms. Right. And so, but if you can't share with the other moms, then how do you get the solution? The books, the the experts on TV. It's not the same as your mom friends. It's, it's very hard. Hopefully it's you so can hard. keep one or two that ha are a safe space for you and you guys right. can really and share. It's not airing dirty laundry. It's like no. having a confidant and a friend and someone to like talk because they're probably having issues that yeah. are similar. And yeah. Or they're different. That and the therapist. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, that, that's a, that's a really hard challenge. Maybe it's getting, Maybe now that um, the whole mental health thing is more out in the open and just everything is talked about more, maybe there can be like a little easier 
sharing through the older years because it's hard. So hard. I don't want to end it, but Pam, here we are. <laughs> this is a great conversation. Pick, yeah, y'all go pick up Pam's book. Why can't we just play? And it's, you can get it anywhere. You can get it on Amazon. It's hard, it, not hardcover. It's paperback, Kindle, or audiobook. Nice. Love it, love it, love it. Um, what is something professionally or personally you'd like to do that you cannot do yet? Or so, that I haven't done yet. So I'm actually, I've written a couple of romantic comedy novels and I'm looking nice. forward to getting those published. And uh, one of my dreams, I would love to write, uh, as I started as a comedy writer, I would love to write a great sitcom. I think a classic sitcom, there's just nothing better than a fabulous sitcom. So that's like a long-term dream I would love to do. What's your favorite sitcom? Like what? What are well, my old like school favorite you? one is Mary Tyler Moore. That's super okay. old. But uh, newer ones that I have loved lately is um, I love Modern Family. Yeah. I love. Um, I haven't watched that much of it, but I love Brooklyn Nine Nine Nine. Have you ever seen that? Oh my! I tried to watch it once and I didn't. I didn't it give didn't, it enough time. Yeah. Is it um, really good? It's pretty. It's very broad comedy, which I like. Yeah. I love Scrubs. Scrubs okay. is awesome. Uh, I'm trying to think of like what's on now. Um, see, now they're all streaming. A lot of the, a lot of the comedies I mean, are I streaming. I still watch Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. How can I not say yeah. Seinfeld? I've seen all those yeah. shows four times. Yeah. A million. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen them all a million yeah. times. Yeah. Um, do you watch Curb, Your Enthusiasm? No. I never got into Curb, although I have an improv background, so I, I should try it. Because, you should try yeah, it. Yeah. Everybody sure. says it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love that. You know, I actually just interviewed um, Annabelle... Monahan. Um, she wrote Nor Goes Off Script, which is kind of a romantic comedy book that's like all over the place right now. Like it's like a I gotta check it out. Kid. You gotta check it out because she wrote this book. I think she's fifty three and she's written books for a while, but this is like her first like really big hit with books and it's totally different than what she used to write. So it's just reminding me of you right now because like your book is like a parenting book and like you want to write this romantic comedy. That is so cool. Have. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. check her out. Yeah. Check her out. Nora goes off script is the book. I actually just started her other one last night. Um, every summer after no meet me at the lake. Meet me at the lake. Oh, I've heard of meet me at the lake. Yeah. That's brand new. Okay. Cause every summer after is Carly Fortune. Yes. That's Carly they're, Fortune. They're similar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What is the best, most recent book you've read? So I actually read a parenting book that I could recommend, although only about half of it pertained to me, but it's called You and Your Adult Child. It's written by okay. Lauren Steinberg, and it's really about navigating the relationship with your 20-somethings. And he, he goes older than that, like when the kids get married and have grandchildren, which I'm not there yet, so that part didn't pertain to me. But he had a lot of really good and interesting things to say. Very positive. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I mean, that's, that's it. Like yeah. whatever, what we're doing now, like we want our kids to like be our so-called friends or whatever you want to say right. when they're adults. Like we want them to want to come back, not to come back because they feel guilty. They need to come back. Yes, exactly. Do you have a trip or a place or something you recommend doing with your family? Um, I, I don't really, I mean, we did the kind of beach vacation every summer. So, um, but a place like one of the things I love to do is go to water parks. Mm. Like I will go, I'm that mom, that weird middle-aged mom that is on every water slide over and over love again. Um, so I love doing things like that. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tricky thing to find something that everybody loves to do. It is tricky. So whatever, whatever that is for your family, that's what you guys should do. <laughs> I don't know. I know. I'm in, I'm in this phase where I'm trying to say, just because you like to do it doesn't mean your kids are going to like yeah. to do it as they get older. Mm -hmm. We love a beach vacation, though. Yeah. Every, I mean, that is that is our jam right now. Um, what is your last message to leave with our audience today? Uh, my last message would be that um, just try to enjoy what every, whatever phase of life you're in. And, there, and there, every, every part is fun and hard. Mm. But... Um, you know, I'm in a different phase right now, but I, I, that's been like something I've really tried to do is like whatever phase you're in has its challenges. But if you can find what's really fun and great about it, because it's never coming again, whatever phase it is. Mm. So to just try to dig into that. 
Thank you so much, Pam. I'm so glad we got to talk. All right, friends. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Pam, for coming on the podcast. You can find Pam's website. She is pamlobley.com. You can find our website with the show notes, sandyboyproductions.com. Link to everything we talked about is over there. Find me on social media. I'm lindsayhine626 over there at lindsayhine on threads. We also have a Sandy Boy Productions and a why is everyone yelling Instagram as well. We would love to connect with you on all the places. Thanks so much for being here. If you want to support this podcast, just go to patreon.com slash Thanks for being here and we will see you next week on why is everyone yelling. <laughs>